Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Cage Thin Podcast. Uh, this episode we are going to be talking about Raising Arizona, the 1987 film directed by the Coen brothers and obviously starring our main man, Nickity Nick Cage. Hope you're all well, Cagelings. Yep, I just said Cagelings. Um, new finger tryout. I don't know if I've got any loyal or avid fans, but you're fucking Cagelings, whether you like it or not, guys. Yeah, Gaga's got her monsters. Uh, Adam Buxton's got his podcasts. Other people got their ting. I don't know why Lady Gaga was the first one that came to mind. But I did. Okay, um... Yeah, so uh, before we get into this one, um, I'm going to drop a little advert for uh, fellow podcasters and friends of mine over at Sorta Ghostly. Are you ready to talk about ghosts? Sure, then you're ready to talk about Remember to listen to Sort of Ghostly every Sunday on the podcast app. <laughs> if you uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, guys, get on it. Um, super funny and fun podcast. Uh, I've been talking to James of that podcast about potentially him guesting on this, uh, me guesting on that, talk about some spooky shit that's may or may not have happened to me uh don't really believe in ghosts but uh yeah that will be super fun um well getting on with the proceedings of this podcast this week today um yeah raising arizona i've seen this film uh ages ago don't really remember it um which is kind of working out well for this because I like to go in fresh with these. I think I watched it ages ago, didn't pay attention, looked on my phone. But as people know, who listen, and those of you who don't know, who haven't listened before, I've got me some rules. No distractions, no expectations. What do those rules mean? I hear you cry. No expectations. If I haven't seen the film, uh, I'm not going to read up about it. I'm not going to look at any synopsis, uh, yeah, anything like that, any reviews, any Metacritic scores or, or Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb scores. And no expect, uh, no, no expectation, no distractions. That's the one. No distractions. So I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to turn off the lights. I'm going to pretty much sit in darkness with only a tiny bit of light so I can see my notes and... Yeah, the light will probably be off the TV and I will fully engross myself in the the ridiculous nature of Nicolas Cage. Just let myself go with it and fully immerse myself. And talking of immersion, um, a new thing I've started doing is entering the cage. Cage. Yes. So those of you who don't know, it is a 360... VR experience, it's just a cacophony of Nicolas Cage images played simultaneously 
and it's fucking nuts if you haven't checked it out and you want to check it out or if you want to inflict it upon your friends or anyone you hate it's the cage cage dot com and yeah it works best if you've got something like a google cardboard or something like that um shout outs to google and having a base cardboard that lets you look at things in a vr fashion um so I'm going to roll the theme music and then we will pretty much get into things, guys. Catch on the flippity flip side. Feels like I've been awake for days. Watch a film starring Nicolas Cage. Could be shit or it could be fun. Valley girl face off an army of one. Deadful Corner, Lord of War, The Wicker Man, Trespass, and so many more. Know how it starts, I don't know how it ends. The first ten are solo, then it's me and some friends. No distractions, no expectations. Over the weeks, hear my frustrations. I guess the podcast is about to begin. I'm your host, Petra Plasilevis, and I'm caged in. Right, so before we get on with watching the film, I'm going to get inside the cage cage and there's a couple of things i wanted to mention to you guys um in the coming weeks i am actually going to uh, i've had the idea of getting some badges and stickers made um the designs once i have them will be released on instagram facebook and twitter um you can follow me on all of those social medias at caged in pod um yeah, or you can email me at any time. Uh, it's cagedinpod at gmail.com. Uh, any questions or any things you want to, yeah, any reviews that you have. Uh, if you don't want to put them on iTunes, put them to personally. You want to say, hey, Petros, I fucking hate the podcast. You're a fucking twat. Hey, yeah, feel free to email me. Please don't. Like, I'd prefer, I'd prefer you not. I'd prefer, like, nice things. Um, but if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. <laughs> um, in regards to rating, uh, yeah, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, guys. Um, just it helps get the word out there. Um, even if you don't do that, just tell a friend, tell tell a family member, um, tell anyone, tell someone in the street. Um, just say, hey, if you checked out the Cajun podcast, that's say no. You'd be like, hey, you know that app on your phone, like little purple microphone-looking one. Yeah, just click on that, type in the Cajun podcast and give it a listen. Just, <laughs> yeah, um, five-star reviews would be great. Uh, obviously, if you don't listen on iTunes or don't support iTunes or Apple in any way, um, you can always listen on Acast and Stitcher and um, or SoundCloud. So, yeah, just 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 hit it up, guys. Let people know. Um yeah, so I'm going to enter the cage cage now uh, for about 5-10 minutes uh, to get myself in the zone ready for some cage action. Um, then I'm going to watch the film and come back to you guys and go through all the usual stuff, so the film rundown and what the fuck I think about it. And obviously a new thing I've recently added is... Obviously, I go into the films blind. Uh, I don't know any critical scoring on these. So, afterwards, 
I look at the Metacritic, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores and see if I am on point with what those opinions are or if I'm way fucking off. (laughs) So anyway guys, I am going to kick my feet up, turn my phone off and get raging with Cage. Right, so that's it guys. Uh... Raising Arizona has been watched. This film was... Well, let's give you a little bit of context of um, how I'm actually... like Not how, like, when I'm recording this. So, I had work today. I started at 5am. Uh, I do that most mornings. So, compounded with being in the cage cage, like, my head is fucked. And, <laughs> obviously, doing this thing... It isn't isn't probably helping my mental well being altogether. But enough of that. Let's get into the rundown of this film. So it's a tricky one to describe quickly, but I'm gonna try anyway. So so our main man Cage plays a hillbilly um, who is in and out of jail. We see this in the first setup, the pre-credits. Um, he's in and out. He has the same lady taking his photo every time. Her name's Edwina, who is played by Helen Hunt. Uh, like ID Parade, whatnot, um, called Edwina, who is played by Holly Hunter. Uh, I nearly said Helen Hunt, who is a completely different actress. I'm working on no sleeper, guys, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, yeah, we see the kind of monotonous routine of him going in and out of prison, and he gets to a point where he decides to marry her, comes out of prison, says, that's it, I'm going to be an honest man, I'm going to marry you. They get married, they realise it's time for a kid. They try, they try, they try, they try again. Um, turns out that... Ed is barren, so um, they see a news article on the TV which shows the Arizona quints are born, and that is a quintuplet born by a lady who is husband to Nathan Arizona, who is a TV personality, in the way that Cage was in... Peggy Sue got married, a kind of discount furniture salesman. Obviously, in Peggy Sue got married, Cage was a electrical salesman. Ah, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's kind of does these brash adverts. Um, they have quintuplets, and they have a ingenious idea to make their family whole. They are going to steal one of the quintuplets because they have too much on their hands and they have been cursed that they can't have a baby of their own they can't adopt because obviously of high's shady past and yeah it makes total sense um so they go and steal the baby this kind of like leads for the setup of the film this is the like crux of it um so yeah, once they steal the baby, uh, they take it home, they give it a tour of the place, and then we see John Goodman's character, a guy called Gale, escape from prison, a kind of, it reminded me slightly of, 
Shawshank Redemption, like, definitely seemed like it could have been a parody of that. Um, it's him crawling out of a sewage pipe in the rain. What am I saying? It's exactly the same as Shawshank Redemption, but it's good. It's funny. Um, and him and his partner turn up to High and Ed's place, and they want to hide out there. They're running away from the law. Ed's not happy about it. She obviously doesn't want the, any heat brought on to them because obviously they've just stolen a baby. And that night, High has a dream of this kind of post-apocalyptic looking Mad Max motherfucker who looks like John C. Riley, fucking dragged through shit. Uh, riding a motorcycle and he believe it's almost like he has a premonition of the future of that's the man that's going to find the baby and there's this cool shot of um the camera kind of panning along and going over stuff and going right up into the window of the house of where they stole the baby and sees the mum screaming when she realizes that the baby is gone um then we get the next day obviously nathan arizona is pissed off uh the wife has left with all the rest of the babies to an undisclosed location obviously there's no more babies going missing understandable i get that lady i'd probably do the same if i was in the situation um he's there with fbi police they're trying to figure out what the fuck has happened meanwhile cage Holly Hunter, not Helen Hunt, have a couple round played by uh, Francis McDormand, and I'm not sure on the other actor, um, but they have loads of kids, they're really pushy, they're like, why haven't you done this, why haven't you done that, oh, you need to get you need to get life insurance on high, you need to get the kid a bank account, you need to do this, you need to do that, um, yeah, that's kind of small details, uh, they turn out to be, uh, it is, yeah, they turn out to be swingers, which, obviously, Nikki Cage ain't happy about, kind of has a rough and tough with Glenn, um, who happens to be his boss, who ends up running into a post and breaking his nose. Ed isn't happy about him causing a scene, but he doesn't tell her why. He doesn't say, oh, he wanted to do a little bit of wife swapping, he wanted to sleep with you, and he wanted me to sleep with his wife. Understandable. I'd probably get annoyed if someone suggested that to me. Um, But that's besides the point. I'm trying to say the plot of the film. So less of the procrastinating and let's get rolling. Uh, We have a scene in which High does a stick up on a convenience store for Huggies. This was a brilliant scene in the film. Um, This whole film is kind of a mad like cap caper. It's in a kind of... It's out of the realms of believability but kind of set it's i thought it was great like i kind of wanted to hold off on my opinion kind of until after the summary but i gotta get out there i really thoroughly enjoyed this film um i thought this whole thing yeah it's lucky for me this is a winner it's not all shit i enjoyed last week's film i enjoyed this film i feel like we could be on the up and up i hope you don't disappoint me nick um so we have this scene, uh, yeah, 
He's trying to get the Huggies. She's pissed off. She drives off. He gets chased by the police. He gets chased by the store clerk. He gets chased by dogs. They're running through houses. He's running through supermarkets. He gets more Huggies because the Huggies he had got to be shot out of his hand by the police. He loses the Huggies again because he he throws them at the policeman who's um, about to shoot him. The policeman gets taken out by a trolley because a lady's getting chased by the dogs that have been chasing all of them, all the way through. He runs out the front of the supermarket. Ed's there in the car. She swings around. He jumps in. They peel off. It's a fucking great scene. If anything, YouTube that scene. Get on it, guys. That son of a bitch. Hold on, Nathan. We're going to go pick up Daddy. So, after this momentous scene, we have Ed comes home and she is pissed off still that John Goodman and his mate are still there. She says, get the fuck out when you're out tomorrow. I'm popping out for the afternoon. You guys better be gone. And she goes to bed and then they try and persuade High to join in their ragtag gang of thieves they've got this plan for a bank that needs a robin it's a little little old town bank in the middle of nowhere that seems to have nothing going on for it apart from on one certain day when all the farmers cashing in their money and they're loaded they'll go in they'll rob the bank and their logic is hey if we rob the bank we'll be set for life if we go to jail We'll be set for life. They're a couple of fucking idiots. But what does Hyde do? Oh, he's in for it. He spends the night writing Ed a note saying, uh, I don't think this life is for me. I don't think I'm the right guy for you. I'm going to be getting on my way. I'm going to be joining these two bozos. Like, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. Um, I'm going to be joining their gang. We're going to go on a robin. We're going to go on a robin. We then cut to the next day. And the rider we've seen in High's Dream is walking through unpainted Arizona, Nathan Arizona's business, straight into the manager's office and gives him a deal. He says, I'm going to look for your baby. Um, you're going to pay me 50 grand. If you don't pay me 50 grand, I'm going to sell your baby on the black market. I'm going to get 50 grand whether you like it or not, whether you have the baby or someone else has the baby. Nathan Arizona ain't happy. He's pissed off. He goes to call the police and in a puff of smoke, the rider's gone into the dust on his bike, into the wind, never to be seen again until later on in the film, obviously. Um, Then we have High the next morning, obviously the same morning, but yeah, you get out of my drift. Um, He's fallen asleep at the table Ed's gone out. Obviously, she didn't get the note saying, like, you answered the door. Were you expecting anyone? It turns out to be Glenn. He's there, like, you're fired. You're not coming back to work. Hyde's like, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought as much. Uh, I broke your nose. Um, but he sussed it out. He knows that they stole the baby, and he says, I'm going to blackmail you. But a twist of, <laughs> twist of circumstances, 
He wants the baby for himself because his wife wants another baby. The ragtag bunch of misfits they already have who wrote fart on his wall. She still wants more. So he says, you either give me the baby or I rat you out to the police. And nobody gets the baby, but you get locked away and we get the reward money. So they're kind of like a win-win situation in that. But at the same time, two goons inside here at... So when he turns, when he get there, when he goes back into the house, he's beaten up. There's a big fight. He's tied up. They off it with the baby. Driving on her way home, Ed spots the two dickheads. They are fucking bozos driving past, and she's like, "Good, good riddance to them. They're gone." Little does she know that at home, baby daddy Nicky Cage is tied up on the floor. She goes home, unties him. And he gives this rip-roaring speech. I know you're worried, honey, but believe me, there ain't a thing to be worried about. We're absolutely going to get him back. There just ain't no question about that. We'll get him back. That's just all there is to it. And you want to know another thing? I'm going to be a better person from here on out. That's final. That's absolutely the way it's going to be. That's official. You were right. I was wrong. A blind man could tell you that. Now, they ain't going to hurt him, honey. They're just in it for the score. But I ain't like that no more. I'm a, I'm a changed man. You were right. I was wrong. We got a family here. I'm going to start acting responsibly. So let's go, honey. Let's go get Nathan Jr. <laughs> What's brilliant about this speech is whilst he's saying all of that, he's loading himself up full of guns and obviously wants to take responsibility. He's kind of saying he's getting over it, but he ain't getting over it. He's still living them criminal ways. Can't can't get rid of the crime life. Fuck life for life. I get you. Get your Nicky Cage. Um, then we kind of see the two dickheads on the road st- having stolen the baby they stick up a convenience store uh, it's quite a funny thing they tell, tell the guy to count to 825 and they'll be back in five minutes to see if he's still doing it because he's got to count all the way up and then all the way back down again um they leave they leave the baby on top of the car they speed off in doing so they realize the however long down the road oh shit we forgot the baby they steamroll past. You see the guy getting up to be like, oh, they ain't coming back. As he looks out the window, he sees the two of them steamrolling back in the car. And he's like, oh, shit, I better get down back on the floor and <laughs> continue counting. Um, and then they grab the baby and head on their merry dickhead way. The film is a bit of like a kind of mad cap caper. Uh the next scene we get is kind of like the emotional turning point of the film. Is um, Ed says she doesn't really want to be with High anymore if they're going to bring out the worst in each other. And obviously they decided between them. And she, oh yeah, well she pushed him in the fact that she really wanted a baby to steal the baby. And if she's going to do that, like how can they? How can they continue going on? She used to be a police officer until until she got depressed about not having a baby so how can how can she live she said regardless if they get the baby back or not maybe them being together isn't the best idea and it's kind of yeah the film not much but kind of takes like it's a somber moment in it and it really works well um the next scene we get is the two dickheads robbing a bank uh they're fucking bumbling around there are a couple of idiots there um they don't realize that kind of blue ink pellet has been slipped into their bag um what they don't also realize is as they steamroll off again they've left the baby back at the bank because they're a couple of fucking morons um they looked in the money 
blue pellet goes off. Bang. And um, whilst this is happening, they're trying to see where they're going. They see a car coming straight towards them. Who is it? It's Ed and High. They rumble them about. They're like, where's the baby? The baby's not there. They're going back for it. The two guys want in because they don't even want the baby as a r- ransom anymore. They want the baby because they've become emotionally attached. What is it with this baby? Everyone's getting emotionally attached. Everyone wants it for themselves. Return it to the people it belongs to, guys. It's just mean what you've been doing. They get back to the like bank town, sleepy old western town you'd kind of get in a Clint Eastwood film. And who's there? John C. Riley looking Mad Max motherfuckers there on his Harley Davidson. Picks up the baby, straps it on the front. Then we get this fucking cool, cool scene where there's a kind of scuffle. There's like a fight between them. She's running off with the baby. He's chasing. Cage smacks him with a plank of wood. He throws a knife into the plank of wood. He catches it. They fight up close and personal. Cage does the old classic pin out of the grenade. You know, on those kind of belts, those Rambo belts across the chest. That's it. John C. Riley, motherfuckers, done for. Explodes in a blaze of glory. They got the baby. The dickheads are stranded with a blue pellet soaked car. That guy's dead. They're scot free. The only person they got to worry about is Glenn, but he was a fucking idiot to begin with. The wife-swapping, swinging motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I think I've lost the plot. I think I think finally it's happened. I'm... Fuck you, Nick Cage, for making me lose my mind. <laughs> then we see Hi and Ed return the baby. They sneak back in the same window that they snuck in, steal the baby, put it back in its massive crib. And Nathan, Arizona, burst through the door with a gun. And, um, yeah, he kind of, they they kind of say, oh, he says, are you with that, are you with that John C. Riley looking Mad Max looking guy? And. They're like, no, no, no. We we saved the we saved the baby from him. He obviously doesn't know at this point. They kind of have a conversation. He starts to piece two and two together because they say they don't want the reward that he's offering. All that uh, Ed says she wants is to look at the baby for a bit longer. And in his mind, it clicks. He knows that they stole the baby, and he just asks why. And they tell him that. They couldn't have a kid of their own, and they, yeah, and he's kind of he's 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 massively sympathetic to it, and says like there's been no harm done, and that they shouldn't split up, even though, because if they bring the worst of each other for the the good that they've done, they've done good, they've brought the baby back, like that's enough to say, that's enough to show them that they have done good, and then they climb back out the window, back into their car back home because he says to them even if you are going to split up just spend at least one more night together so they do they go home and it's back to another dream sequence um and the dream is images that high would like to see maybe premonitions again of the future he likes to think that 
Gale and his pal just climbed back down that shit pipe that they climbed out of and back into prison. He envisaged that Nathan on Christmas Day opens a present from two unknown strangers who wish to remain anonymous, but we know it's those two. He sees that Glenn's going around still trying to tell his story that people, that they stole the baby, but nobody believes him because he's an idiot. He has a dream that Nathan Jr. playing football in later life and does he remember them at all? And then he has a distant, distant vision of the future that they're there sitting in their two chairs in their house and that their kids and their grandkids come to visit. And then that's the end, guys. Another film in the bank. Yeah. So, this is another one I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Nick Cage's performance is fucking amazing in this one. I really like his like crazy hair, crazy dress sense. I really like what the Coens have done with him. They kind of they've bottled up that kind of manic energy that it looks like in a lot of films is just like let loose, and there's no. There's no, yeah, there's no reins to it. Where it's kind of like Johnny Depp and the Pirates of the Caribbean films. The f- problem with that is he's not directed. He's kind of just let loose to do whatever the fuck he wants. And Cage looks like he's like that in a lot of his films. But this, it's like the Coen brothers saw that he has that manic, crazy energy and decided to kind of harness it in a way and co- Compress it down, yeah, compress it down and like utilize it in the best way possible. Um, there's amazing turns from obviously Holly Hunter, um, John Goodman's amazing, the John C. Riley looking motherfucker. I haven't looked up his name, obviously, I knew nothing about well, I knew a little about this film because I've seen it before, but I know nothing of names in that coming out of it either. I've kind of I took a tiny break after watching the film and I've come straight back into it. Um, Obviously, next up, I'm going to um, have a look at the IMDb Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic score. See if my opinions of this film, my opinions are, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was funny. It had a bit, it had heart to it. It was a madcap caper that just, it was enjoyable. Hopefully... (laughs) You kind of got a sense from that, from a rundown of the film, that kind of, I don't know, it kind of, yeah, it kind of released like a mad energy in me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the spirit of this film lived through me and into into this podcast, guys. Um, But yeah, let's crack on, see if what the critics say is what I'm saying, or am I completely fucking out of line with popular opinion? It's a possibility I am, guys. This is sending me fucking insane. So, what do people who know what they're fucking talking about think of this film? Am I in line with them? IMDB, 7.4 out of 10. Not a bad score. There could be a lot worse. I've watched films with far lower ratings than that. Rotten Tomatoes. 90% that's fucking good like I think the only film it's got like 99 at the moment is Get Out 
It's nine, nine, get out, get out. It's apparently fucking amazing. I haven't said it yet. <laughs> Metacritic 55, that's kind of... It's bringing down the overall average bit there, guys. And then, for good measure, I'm going to throw it to uh, Roger Ebert, the uh, late, great movie reviewer. Every time I Google scores, his comes up. So it must be one that is to be taken into consideration and he gave it a 1.4 out of 4 thumbs up I believe is his rating system so again not great but he's one man the rest of them are grouped scores of many many a people so I'm flying I'm flying on the side of the general public does that mean that I am not a free thinker, I'm just another sheep. Or does that mean I'm um I know what's good? Does this man know or, or am I or am I losing my mind? I feel like that possibly could be what is going on. So we've had what I think we've had what the film is about. We've had another run-in with Cage. I know what you're thinking. What's coming up next? So, next episode will be the penultimate episode of me riding solo. All it? No. Yes, it will. Yes, it will be. Next film we have is the... 1987 film came out the same year as this and it is Moonstruck this is a film I haven't seen I'm looking forward to it it's Nicolas Cage it's Cher it's 80s goodness what can go wrong next time we'll find out and then the episode after that is Never on a Tuesday again Never seen it. Don't know what to expect. I'm not going to know until I watch the film. So join me on that one as well. Hopefully, we'll get we'll we'll hit a, we'll hit a we'll hit a streak of winners here, guys. And Cage won't give us too much turmoil and pain and anguish, and we'll have a bloody lovely time. And then we're on to the first episode that we will have a guest. And I have that guest confirmed. It will be Max Cleworth of the band The New Tusk. And I'm super looking forward to this. He's the one of the first people I ever watched Vampires Kiss with. So it's kind of going to have that cool nostalgic thing for us kind of solidated our friendship way back when and yeah if you haven't checked out his band the new toss check them out here's what they sound like and then going on from that we will have time to kill Time to kill, guys. Sounds great by the title. Don't know what the film's going to be like. As for what's coming up, that's 
That's what I'm going to leave you with, guys. Nice little four film chunks each time to whet your appetite. And yeah, don't want to give you too much. I could reel off the whole list of all the coming episodes. Um, I'm hoping people will stick around and see this journey through with me. Otherwise, it is just a man sat in a room talking out into the internet, into the void. And the void is looking back into me and saying, you're fucking crazy. Uh, which uh, which possibly could be. Um, I remembered as well, last week I didn't leave you with a little nugget of information, a little factoid that I had ciphered from the internet and this week I'm going to leave you with two guys so here you go to stand out from his famous relatives Cage chose Cage inspired by the African American comic book superhero Luke Cage that's fucking cool. Luke Cage's a big deal at the moment. There's the Netflix series. Obviously, the Defenders is coming. That's cool. I never knew that. And it's like, I feel like five years ago, that fact would have been a bit boring. Now that kind of Luke Cage is in the zeitgeist, that's a, yeah, it's a cool time to be to be finding shit like that out. And the other fact I've got for you today, a native of Long Beach, California, he dropped out of Beverly Hills High School after passing the GED, which boasts the star alums Rob Reiner, Lenny Kravitz and Betty White, to name a few. So as always, guys, I can't implore you enough to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Um, give me any feedback you have. Uh, just give me, yeah, give me shout outs on social media. Just let's have a let's let, let let's have a chat about stuff. Let's. I want to interact with you guys. Obviously, you said uh, earlier on in the podcast. Uh, in the next few weeks, I'll have some stickers and pin badges. I'm not sure if anyone want to. I'm not sure whether I'm going to give them away or maybe sell them for a little donation. Like, yeah, I'd rather give you guys something back than just ask for any money whilst doing this. I feel it's only fair and yeah I'm I, I'm really I'm really stoked on the, the 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 designs I've got like um I feel like yeah I feel like it's gonna be real fun like cool little thing to have I might hand them out to guests on um each episode and stuff like that um again all the social media is at caged in pods so that's on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and you can always hit me up on email which is cagedinpod at gmail.com um i might get a website i'm not sure i might use those guys squarespace heard saying about those i don't know don't know where maybe on maybe on one or two podcasts um yeah so um, there might be like a discount code or something like that I'm, i'm not sure i'm not sure how that works um again check out loads of other podcasts podcasts are great um if you're like myself and I don't I'm quite anti-social I kind of feel like listening to podcasts I can be in a conversation without actually being an active participant which is great like and then I can use the information I learned from them and impart them to other people as if they were 
my own little facts and anecdotes. Not. Yeah, I'm kind of that annoying guy. I'd be like, oh, I heard on this podcast. Oh, I heard on that podcast. But hey, guys, it's it's better than listening to. I don't know. I don't want to shit on any music artists or anything like that. Um, music's great as well. Listen to music, guys. Um, as always, guys, I've been Petrus Pat Silvus. I've been caged in. You've been rad. Until next time. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copa Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchise, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.